Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Central Texas Life with Ann Harder. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Central Texas Life. Ann Harder here with you, and my sweet friend, Andrea Kosar, is with Andrea Morgan on the air. We were compadres at uh, Channel 25 at KXXV for quite a while. You were the, our morning anchor, and yes. I was doing that little midday show. And we got to uh, overlap a little bit. We, uh, we got to overlap. I got to be with the morning people and the mm-hmm. evening people, and uh, got to know and love you, and, and um, so excited to see how your career has progressed in the last couple of years. This was 2020. We both left the station about the same time. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me this morning. I'm really excited to work with you again. It's fantastic. I know. Well, when I saw that you had been named the uh, president CEO of the Syntex Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, I thought, this is perfect. But I was kind of surprised because I thought, is this something you had envisioned for your career path? You know, I've been involved with the chambers since high school, and I always tell young people, students and college students, to get involved with the chambers of commerce. Um, I had the opportunity in my hometown back in Florida to get involved with them. And then when I made my way to Baylor, I got involved with the Hewitt Chamber and the Waco Chamber and the different chambers and got to know some great folks. And my predecessor at the Hispanic Chamber, Alfred Solano, was one of the wonderful folks that I got to know back when I was at Baylor. And, you know, this is something that's always kind of been in your in your pocket, as it were, as a sort of a a passion, the work of chambers. Absolutely. Definitely. And I think leaving the news, it's interesting because I get to do storytelling in such a different way with all of the small businesses and entrepreneurs that we work with. So it's been great so far. Yeah. Well, so you were named, I think, in May and um, it looks like it's been a whirlwind. Oh, my gosh. Yes. (laughs) I can't believe it's already September. Time is just flying by so quickly. And we've been up to so many great things at the Hispanic Chamber. So it's been fantastic so far. Yes. Yes. Well, so, I mean, you stepped into the shoes of someone who's kind of a a legend and has done. My mic just keeps creeping away. (laughs) Bringing it forward. Um, So so what you know, what plans, what do you see as as um, being the mark you want to leave on the Hispanic Chamber? Definitely. Well, I think 
in the first couple of months, it's changed every couple of weeks. And then I learn more and more about the wonderful things that we can do and the wonderful people and organizations that we can partner with. So, so far we've been doing a lot of work within the Hispanic Chamber on a new initiative that we call Escalando. So it's a new program that is workforce development for entrepreneurs and small business owners fully in Spanish. So it's the first of its kind in Waco. Really? We've been very excited promoting that. Um, we've done two seminars so far, so it's every other month. We just started in June. We had a great turnout and it's been really meaningful to the community. And, you know, Waco, we have a great Hispanic population that's growing and growing, but within that Hispanic population, there are a lot of folks who have they primarily speak Spanish at home. So we wanted to make sure that we are serving that community and serving the folks that want to start their own business or have created their own business. They want to leave a legacy for their family and make sure that we can do everything to help with connect, connecting folks with the resources that are bilingual in our community, because that's also growing a whole lot as well. Yeah, there are a lot of resources uh, on a lot of levels, you know, for folks that if they just, you know, knew and knew mm -hmm. how to tap into it. Definitely. So our first seminar was on planning for your insurance needs, making sure that you're prepared for any liabilities. Our second one was financial planning. And one of the families that owns a business here in town, they stood up and they're they're so sweet. They're very active with our Hispanic Chamber. So I absolutely love them in their restaurant. But they stood up and said, you know, when we tried to start our business eight years ago, we walked into a bank and we were turned away and told, hey, go find your translator and then come back. And I don't think that's the case in Waco anymore. There are so many wonderful resources and businesses that are trying to make sure that everyone is served. And so we wanna make sure that we're getting the word out there about those businesses so everyone can really take part in Escalando and in the things that the Hispanic Chamber is doing mm -hmm. in one way or another. Yeah, we just wanna connect everyone. Climbing. Climbing, yes. very good, very yes. good. Um, yeah, it's, it's exciting to see what's happening in our business community, how many uh, new businesses mm -hmm. have come uh, online, and how is that shaping up in the Hispanic community? I mean, how, I'm sure you have all the, all, the, all the numbers and the stats, you know, just tucked away in your head. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely a growing Hispanic-owned business population yeah. in Waco, and I think that that's something to be celebrated, but also kind of recognized at this point. Um, I don't know if a whole lot of people know that one of the founding members of Waco was Hispanic, Jacob de Cordova. Mm -hmm. And we are trying really to get his name out there because this That's isn't neat. this isn't new for Waco to have the Hispanic population or the business community really cropping up. No. Um, but it's new to really push for that celebration right now. And we want everyone to be celebrating with us. Well, I, I've certainly heard his name. Is there a street? I mean, is there something maybe... We're working on some do, things. Yeah, do, do something a little more permanent to uh, to honor his contribution. Absolutely. So he still has family members that are active uh, with the Hispanic Chamber, and we have a great connection to Monica Shannon, who knows the family members yes. and and relatives really well. So um, we've been connecting with his descendants and trying to figure out how we can honor them. So Hispanic Heritage Month is coming up, and we're definitely yeah. ha we have a couple things in mind, but they're going to be surprises. <laughs> And then I'll <laughs> talk to you at that. I was going to say, Monica has been on this show before. So, yeah. Great. I, and what a, what a great person to kind of get involved with trying to, to plan with great ideas she has. Um, yeah, when you were at Channel 25, you, you started a new franchise for us there. And I think they're still doing it. Yes. 
which yeah. is great to see. Yeah, which, which is uh, uh, positively central <laughs> positively, Texas. Yes, positively central Texas. Um, what did what did you learn from that from your time, you know, as as a journalist, and how that affects what you do now at the uh, chamber? You know, I think we were both there whenever we were going through a transition at the news station where it was a little bit of a transition from uh, some of the more fun lifestyle stories and pieces to hard news. And I think growing as a journalist, you have to realize the importance of all of it about telling the truth, but also celebrating the accomplishments. And there's a very delicate balance that you have to touch on in as a news station. And um, the hard news element it was quite a transition, especially on the morning show. You know, you're doing the morning show from 4.30 to 7, and you don't want to be telling everyone about all of the terrible news and the terrible things going on in the world every day. I just got up. Right. Please give me a break. (laughs) And then we were there during midday, um, you know, giving developments of those stories. So it did become a little difficult at one point just to be telling these stories for about five hours of the day um, and developing those. So Positively Central Texas was something that I felt like I needed but also wanted to connect with the community on a different level viewers yeah they I mean they are clear you know we get so depressed watching the news you know yes that many times well think think how depressing it can be bringing you oh my gosh (laughs) mugshot after mugshot and all that kind of thing and I I really think local news coverage has really morphed into something different definitely and Mm -hmm. I think I learned also um, during the time where we were covering the Midland and Odessa shootings those really hit hard I think I didn't there was about two weeks where I didn't sleep because I had these terrible nightmares of my loved ones and I don't think people realize that on our side of how invested and involved we are and it wasn't until going through that that um I did seek professional help because I really was not sleeping. And so um, the person that was counseling me at the time and getting me through some of that grief process said that journalists have sort of a secondhand PTSD because it's almost like we're there because we are really putting ourselves there by getting all of the details. We can already make an image in our head of what that looks like. Yeah. And sometimes you see the image. We don't necessarily put it on the air right but the reporter at the scene often sees things that yeah yes so it's like first responders that makes that always made me so much more empathetic toward those first Mm. responders because they deal with that every day absolutely you know yeah, so it was a little bit different from the journalist perspective, yeah. but there's still some things that you kind of go through there. Um, but Positively Central Texas was just a great way to connect with viewers in a different way and celebrate all of these wonderful nonprofits and people. So many great things happening. And I think that really created a great path for uh, me here at the chamber to know all of these wonderful things exactly. already happening exactly. in Central Texas. You had quite a, a base of knowledge already yes. of, of things that were happening. Well, but you also are a business owner yourself with your uh, wonderful hun- hunter. Uh, <laughs> in fact, you know, we go, I remember when he popped the question and I got to see the video yes. <laughs> from all that and uh, got to sort of be a You were a there through bit, all of it. Yes. Through all of it and, and have such a, a fondness, obviously, for you, Andrea. But um, Hunter, very fortunate young man. <laughs> um, I'm so but, fortunate. But he, but he is, he, he's, he's a sharp fellow. And mm-hmm. so tell us about his business and what, what he does and your role in, uh, in what he does for a living. Absolutely. So 
Hunter's stepfather uh, was a truck driver for about 27 years. And Hunter is just this master negotiator. He's got the most incredible mind. And so he had, he's a Baylor graduate. And then he got his master's at UT Dallas, um, all in entrepreneurship and business. Mm -hmm. And so when he saw a need for um, my, my, what is it? My stepfather-in-law, <laughs> John, um, going through Hunter would really help him and find these ways that people were maybe taking advantage of John as a truck driver. And so Hunter would go in and negotiate on his behalf and say, hey, you know, you should not accept this or you should accept this. And he sort of found a pathway for his own business through that. So he started a trucking company and through that trucking company really helped the truck drivers that worked with him to you know, be able to accept rates that were good or fight for better rates, um, really empower the truck drivers. And through that, he found that um, brokering might be a better route. So he ended up giving all of the truck drivers about a year, wonderful recommendation letters, um, helped them find whatever they needed, and then went full-time into starting his brokerage, which has been great. Um, so we co-run the Twisted Nail together. And whenever I was full-time on the team, he had every single team member learn about what it is like to be a truck driver, what it is like to own your own equipment, what those costs are, what the insurance is, what you know is going on in your life. And so we can really prepare to actually negotiate for somebody that you have a, at least some level of an understanding of everything that they're going through so you mm. can fight better for every single person who's joining our team. Right, right. Well, and and it's the kind of thing that he is helping. Mm -hmm. You know, I think any anytime your your choice of you know work as a vocation is is something that makes you feel like you know I'm really contributing to other people's lives besides you know putting food on the table. That just makes you want to get up in the morning and go to work. Absolutely. I mean, you're seeing all of these supply chain issues. Yes, and right. A lot yeah, of truckers it, are in the news a good bit. Yeah. Definitely. And I think it's been in the works for a long time. The truckers have not necessarily been compensated or felt like they could have the power. And so um, brokers typically have a pretty bad rep, but we try to be very honest in every way, shape and form and make sure that the truckers feel the trust with us that, you know, they are, we're no, no force dispatch. So even if we offer jobs to the trucks working with us, they can say, oh no, I yeah, want to do that. Yeah. Right. I want to yeah. go to my daughter's dance recital or whatever it may be. So we don't force them to say, Hey, take this job. We worked so hard. Yeah. We say, Hey, do you want this job? Do you want this rate? And so we do things a little bit differently um, over at Twisted Nail as well. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's a fascinating uh, aspect of business. I'm I'm not that familiar with, um, but but I'm sure you've seen through your work with the the chamber a lot of different types of business, Hispanic-owned businesses. Um, what what do you think are some of the more creative? You know, we work with all small to medium-sized businesses. Um, we are the Hispanic Chamber, and I think everyone in the community can have some role. So it's not always just Hispanic-owned businesses right. or majority. So we get a little bit of everybody helping everybody. And then we also obviously have a very big heart and passion for helping the Hispanic community and the Hispanic leaders grow within Waco. But it, one of the coolest businesses that I've really gotten close with and gotten to know this year was Casa de Castillo. Oh, yeah. 
They have celebrated 100 I years know. I know. of serving a wonderful food in Waco yes. to locals. And I don't know if a whole lot of people know that they were pretty pivotal in bringing pizza to Waco. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So back when there were military bases in Waco, mm -hmm. you had all these people from all different parts of the world. Sure. And this Italian airman uh, was talking about this thing called pizza. And the owners of Italian, I think it was before it was Italian Village, I believe, but uh, the owners of one of their restaurants said, hey, teach us how to make how to make this thing called pizza. And he had experience from a Chicago restaurant. So they got together and made pizza. It became a hit in Waco. And isn't that the craziest story? Right. And so the Italian village, you know, right there on North 15A, mm -hmm. right next to Wells Bookkeeping Service, which was my grandfather's bookkeeping oh, business. Really? So I'm very familiar Small with the Italian world. village. Yes. And, and of course, the Castillo family, mm -hmm. uh, Lucille Castillo and my mother were in high school together. Wow. But Lucille, wonderful tennis player. And I've I played many wonderful tennis matches with Lucille. She's now passed on, but uh, they have such an incredible history. Is, yeah, yes. their their family is is much beloved, and you know, and it's the kind of restaurant that that people go to every week. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. I am one of those. You're one of those. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> oh, but, but there are some great new ones that I know. I follow you on social media, and you know, you're you're always popping into a new business like uh, is it Mambas? Oh, bombones. Bombones, okay. Oh, they're yeah. great. Try, yes, tried them out. And Have mm, you been by? Mm, yeah. Oh, I've they're had, so good. I've been there to eat. Yeah, I had lunch there. Wonderful. And they were just delightful. Yes, absolutely wonderful. Um, they've catered our events for our luncheons. Um, we were able... Alfred, the, my predecessor, and I were able to go and do a tasting before they had opened. And they came out with such good food. They yeah, had... did you try the flan? Yes. Oh my gosh. And I have to keep yeah. going back for some fun. <laughs> yeah. If you just, if you just want dessert. <laughs> yes. So good. That. Yeah. They, they need their signage. They're still kind of working on that, I think, because it's a little bit hard to find. Yeah. They're a little tucked away. They're over yeah. by Black Daisy Boutique, but right. I know that's going to be behind, an up and coming area. Right? Oh yeah. 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 That they're calling that uptown. Oh, I okay. Think. Yeah. That, that kind of section of section of, uh, of Washington. Yeah, it's just off of Washington. Wonderfully. Well, we're going to take a little break, but when we come back, I want to hear a little more about Andrea. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome to One Star Rewind, a new podcast about those dreaded one-star reviews that every business owner hates to receive, but yet every customer loves to read. During this podcast, we will peel back that one-star review to better understand how it happened, when it happened, and what the business owner is doing after receiving that one-star review. This podcast will be about love, hate, and laughter. On One Star Rewind, we will meet with real business owners who will tell their stories and how they do rely on reviews for their business. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or download us at roguemedianetwork.com. Please subscribe, but only rate and review for not a one-star review. Join us each time for a new review and a new story. Carter, and this is Some of Our Thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers 
and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music and we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. Wine Wine and vinyl. vinyl. (laughs) So check us out on roguemedianetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about a lot. I'm Zach. And I'm Mike. And we have a fantastic new podcast to tell you about. Bros, Foes, and Heroes. It's the two of us looking into the world of comics, breaking down some characters that you may have never heard of, and some that are just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so Zach comes up with a character each time, and uh, I go into it just completely blind. I don't know who this person is or what their abilities are or anything, and and basically I guess we kind of go over their origin story. And just some of the ridiculous stuff that maybe, especially Golden Age stuff. Oh, Golden Age stuff is always the best. And we will make sure to highlight all of the shenanigans and just absolute weirdness of everything. That's right. So subscribe today and uh, follow us on Instagram at brosbosheroes. And if you don't, I know where you live. Not really, but please subscribe. (laughs) Bros and, bros and, heroes. Gonna tell you about pros and foes and heroes. Gonna tell you about. And we're back again with Andrea Morgan Kosar, who <laughs> is the. I mean, I. I'm sorry, you were on the air. You're Andrea Morgan, CEO and president of the uh, Hispanic Chamber of Syntex, Hispanic Chamber of Commerce in Waco. And so did they just call you or did you see the job posting or did you know, oh, you know, I think this is next on my career path? How How did that all work out? Someone had recommended me for the position and I was pretty active. My husband and I were in Buda for a little while. We were there for about a year and a half. And it's funny, he's from Bosqueville. So all of his family is out here locally in Waco. And I still wanted to be very active with the organizations. I was emceeing some events for Creative Waco Mm -hmm. and um, still trying to come to the Hispanic Chamber events. So we were driving back to Waco back and forth at least three to four times a week and we were just ready to get back. Why are we doing this? (laughs) Right and so when they called me I was like yes 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 when do I interview how do I get there and um, so it was great they had a search committee put together and so I would come out to Waco and oh it was nerve-wracking but exciting. How long a process was the interview process? It was a couple weeks they um, they had their search committee and then they brought in a few more folks for another one of the interviews um, and they said, yeah, it'll be about six weeks. And um, then they called me about a week or two later and they said, hey, we pulled together a meeting and uh, we'd like to get you on. And so my husband and I were ready to move back to Waco, but it was quick. And so we just were trying to 
get over to Waco, get housing, get everything. And Which is tricky. <laughs> yes, I was about <laughs> I was to say. say yeah. Yes, we decided yeah. just to rent for right now and then try to figure out, you know, during that time period housing because it was very difficult to buy. You have to be ready to buy on the spot. Right. If you see something mm-hmm. that, that will work for you. No, I know. I mean, it's housing is changing. The, the real estate market's changing a little bit right now. But anyway, no, I, I feel for you in that <laughs> in that situation. That when that was just not that many months ago. Right. Um, I know that there's like a three-pronged uh, strategic initiative for the, the chamber. I was reading about this. Um, I, w- I want to talk, and you've talked about what, what you're doing for um, those with limited English proficiency mm-hmm. and, you know, how to, how to go about helping. But what are some of the other initiatives you have? Definitely. Online. So uh, another thing that we're working on, we have our director of economic development, Eric Tarasis. He is working on an overlay for the LaSalle Corridor. And that's a great project. Well, that's kind of where you're located. Yes. You have a, your, business, your, your building is there, so you have kind of a vested interest in the neighborhood. Definitely. He's working on LaSalle and 25th Street, which there's a large Hispanic-owned business population on 25th Street. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we also do a lot of our events over there, too. So we're kind of in both, and we're trying to make sure that uh, but both of those corridors have the opportunity to grow in their local businesses and restaurants. And so we're trying to find unique ways to help out to make sure that those are both destinations rather than, you know, LaSalle, it's a, it's a 40, people are driving 60 through to get to somewhere else. Right. We want to have people, you know, open their small businesses and have um, success right next to Baylor's campus mm-hmm. over on LaSalle. Well, it's a it's an ideal and logical place to, to see growth happening in that, that area from yeah, from the flea market yes. at the old drive-in theater to uh, the new uh, food truck space that has just opened there and some other, you know, neat little antique shops like Riverside Relics. So, you know, Definitely. there's just some great, great little businesses there to to take your time. Yes, absolutely. And we want to see a little bit more. We've been studying uh, university towns similar to ones like Waco and Baylor and um, seeing how they do things right next to campus. And it's a lot more pedestrian friendly. You've got the food truck parks and the little plazas. So we're trying to figure out what are our next steps to where we can imagine what LaSalle will look like and have more success for the existing small businesses and the new small businesses going to LaSalle. Yeah, Isn't the Salvation Army building something? They are making a move mm -hmm. to LaSalle Avenue. So we want to make sure that they're comfortable and the small businesses are comfortable and that we can uh, find ways for everyone to win on LaSalle as well. Right. Absolutely. Um, Let's talk about you, though. Now, where are you from originally? You say you came to Baylor. How did you end up at Baylor? Oh, gosh. Um, All over. (laughs) I was born in Hillsboro, but I had only lived there about three months. Um, My family was stationed in Bolivia, and so we lived in Bolivia for the first few years of my life. And then when we made it back to the States, gosh, we lived in Alabama and Tennessee, Florida, back in Tennessee, mainly grew up in Fort Myers, Florida. And then um, I went to the university in my hometown for the first year, um, had a a tough first year. It was a little bit traumatic. And so I took a year off of college and looked at new universities. And a lot of my family members had either gone to West Point or to Baylor. Hmm. And my brother was at West Point at the time. 
my mom cried for about two weeks and locked herself in her room when he went there. So there was <laughs> no chance that I could go there. <laughs> and so I was very excited. I had grown up visiting Texas. I have a lot of family in Hillsboro, so I'd grown yeah. up around the area. Oh, really? And uh-huh. um, so I was excited to go to Baylor. My grandfather's plaque is right next to the bear pit, right by that bench right there. Tell so. me. Yeah. Oh, as... One the, of the red lamp posts. Exactly. Yes. I, I have an uncle who, yeah, he oh, was fantastic. killed. He was killed in World War II, and uh, right, he was a he was a law student at Baylor, and um, yeah. So his name, I'll look for it. Lowell E. Morgan. Yes, he was. Um, he was killed in Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a helicopter pilot, yeah. and so Baylor was honoring all of the fallen soldiers and so my grandfather's plaque is right next to a bench on the bear pit it was my favorite spot on campus if I ever had to think or just clear my head before a test or anything I would just sit on that bench over by the bears and by the plaque it was really nice yeah well you wear green beautifully Um, I had to for you Anne I know I know I should have worn gold I don't know what I was thinking um yes it's it's, so that strong tie to Waco I, I would hope has you sending out deep, deep roots, <laughs> but where do you see yourself in five years? What, what kind of goals do you have down the road? Well, I hope that the Hispanic Chamber really does all of these marvelous things. Right, right now, um, one of our partnerships that I'm so excited for, we have an alliance with CTAC, the African American Chamber of Commerce, mm-hmm. the Syntax African American sure. Chamber of Commerce here, and we uh, well, I say we, it was really Alfred and John had come together. They went into their roles around the same time. They both, so which was 2019, right before the pandemic, yes. and had a lot of similar challenges, um, were doing so many similar things within the, the two chambers. So they had come, become really close. And um, thankfully, when I got into my role, I inherited a little bit of that relationship with John Bible. He's been fantastic. And He's his, been on this Oh, like great. Well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we have all of these mutual we connections. We have all these mutual great. connections, yeah. But yes, John has really taken me under his wing, and um, they, they had a, started a partnership before I got into my role called Starbridge. Their logo is the star, ours is the bridge. And so it's really this alliance to the community to say, hey, you know, we are seeing where there's overlap in both of our communities right. and pooling our resources together and working together. Makes sense. So it's been really exciting. We are trying to do more for our youth. Um, I have a huge passion for trying to keep talent in Waco because when I had graduated from Baylor, it was really hard to keep graduates here, um, but would love to see more of the TSTC, Baylor, MCC, and high school graduates stay here. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to find ways. Well, you're a success story as far as I'm concerned. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) On that score. (laughs) You too, Anne. Oh my gosh. And you've paved the way for so many wonderful people. Um, But yeah, so we're trying to um, create new initiatives through Starbridge. And right now we're in the planning phase of something for high schoolers to um, be recognized as leaders, but also have opportunities to get exposure in businesses and nonprofits and in the schools around here in Waco to see what opportunities there are. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and, and there are a lot. Yes. There are a lot. I, you know, of course, when I, years ago, when I was oh, you know, people are like, get me out of town. I've got to get out of this one horse town, you know, and Waco is not perceived that way anymore. Oh, no. And I think Waco is one of those gems where if you see it and you see the value, then you see it. And and some people still don't. But I think there's an overwhelming majority that's like, hey, look, Waco has all of these wonderful <laughs> opportunities. This. And it's the proximity to 
Dallas and mm-hmm. Houston and Austin, or you can be there in a day and come back home. <laughs> I just learned wonderful. we are the 24th largest city in Texas, yeah. you know, and like you said, we're so strategically placed between yeah. Dallas and Austin. There's so much growth happening right here between Waco and Temple, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no question about it. Well, I like to uh, end these visits with a little questionnaire similar to the one the late, great James Lipton would use on Inside the Actor's Studio. It's kind of like my take on it. That's great. A few questions. So I'll ask you, what is your favorite word? Hmm. Empowerment. Hmm. I can see that. What is your least favorite word? Mm. <laughs> uh, oh, Ben. Anne coming in with the hard questions. Uh, let's see. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Maybe, probably. would be. Really? I've never heard that one before, but that's, I, that's good. I mean, I get it. I understand. It's just... It doesn't give you anything. It doesn't give you anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? A community. I think yeah. Waco, there's so much to... Um, there's so much community here and, and people bringing you into the mix. And um, I was really nervous coming into this role, I think, especially after working in the news world where um, it can almost be like, I had a tough time, so you have to have a tough time. I never had that with you. You were always <laughs> such a wonderful mentor. Um, but coming into the nonprofit world here in Waco, I was nervous about having a similar experience. Right. But there are so many wonderful women and wonderful people and organizations that are just coming in and saying, hey, we're community, we're going to support you. And it's been Mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. Well, what turns you off creatively, spiritually or emotionally? Mm, Let's see, I think exclusion, sometimes. Um, And again, it's, I'm sure that you understand, I don't know if um, Waco has always been a space for everyone. There's been so many rooms that I've been in recently where I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many female executives in this room. And I don't think it was always like that. And um, so there is a lot more inclusion and a lot more people making space for uh, people who are different from them. Um, Mm -hmm. But anytime there's a little bit of exclusion, I'm like, what is happening? This isn't, this isn't where we're going. (laughs) This isn't right. This is not right. What sound do you love the most? Hmm. Oh, I just love people's accents from different countries because it shows that Waco is really growing and that we're bringing in all these new cultures and and people from different places. So I love new accents. What sound do you like the least? I won't say hate, but. Hmm. That's a good question. Oh, I hate the word M-O-I-S-T, but I think I'm in the majority there. So. <laughs> I've, I've heard that, too. Uh, what other profession would you like to have tried? Or, I mean, you're very young. You know, you've got all, ki- all kinds of wonderful things have happened thus far. But anything that maybe when you were little, it's like, oh, I want to be... When I was a kid, I always wanted to run an orphanage one day. Really? Yes. So I don't know. Maybe one day there's hope for that. That And maybe through the Hispanic Chamber. Who knows? But um, yeah, just a a center for where kids can come and um, 
get everything that they need to set them up, set them up for success in life and always feel like they have people who are in their corner. Yeah, very good. What, what profession do you know you would not want? What job would you? Mm-mm, that's not for me. Oh, that's a great question. I can't think of anything. I would, I want to, I'm one of those people. I just want to try everything. You, okay. <laughs> well, all, well, all right. Yes, because when little kiddos come along, you will be a nurse. You will be a, <laughs> you will be a maid. You will be, you will be a waitress. A little bit of everything. Yeah, you yes. Will, you will do all those things that I probably would not want to ever yeah. do, but you get to be that in other roles. But all right. The last question. Uh, what do you want to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh, um, Welcome. All of these dogs have been waiting for you. <laughs> I want to meet all of the dogs in heaven. Everybody's dog. <laughs> <laughs> but that's right. You you do have a passion for for helping to place. You dogs, introduced me to you? my first dog um, with your show. I remember. Yes, I, I was the first dog I met at the news station. You had Hazelnut right next to you. Her name was Tinsel at the time, and I said that dog is mine. That's right. Oh. You still have her? I mean, oh, yes. Uh, I got to see a picture. Yes, yes. she's all grown That's up. That's right. I remember when you went, I think I need to adopt yes. this dog. <laughs> that was great. Well, we have had some wonderful times together. Yes. And I hope many more to come. Absolutely. And I appreciate your time because I know you are a very busy lady. You are <laughs> emceeing all over town. And Trying to catch up with you, I'm telling you. <laughs> you're, 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 you are a wonderful successor to all these different MC jobs. But, yeah, you're just doing a beautiful job. And um, all the best to you and what you're doing. Thank you so much, Anne. Uh, Andrea, love you. Love you, too. <laughs> Glad you were with us. Join us again for Central Texas Life. Bye-bye. Central Texas Life with Ann Harder is part of the Rogue Media family. Be sure to check out our other shows at roguemedianetwork.com. Please rate this show five stars on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Join us again soon for more Central Texas Life with Ann Harder.